0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to SSG Speaks, the podcast that takes you inside the walls of Camelot. Meet the knights that made Sword and Shield Gaming what it is, so pour yourself a flask of your favorite mead
1: and join us for an inside look at the fine folks that sit at the round table.
0: All right, everybody, welcome to SSG Speaks. This is going to be episode 19, and today our special guest is going to be Coop, which to most of you, or maybe some of the uh, the OGs around, is Deadeye. So welcome to the show.
1: Hey. Well, thanks for having me.
0: We uh, we have a special guest host today. We had a big kind of kerfuffle and mix-up, but it worked out very, very uh, serendipitously because Apollo's in town, hey. so I made sure that he... Uh, we hung out today, and it just worked out that he's going to be the co-host today. So yeah. welcome to the show. Thanks. Again. Happy
2: to be back.
1: Good to see you guys. Uh, well, thank
0: you.
2: Yeah, likewise.
1: Hypothetically yeah, speaking.
2: I'm, well,
0: you know, it's been, I was looking at the um, the show notes for when we did a, uh, Apollo's episode and it was like over a year ago. Yeah, And so it's like, one of my favorite things for these, is, it's like a big reunion. Like yeah. it's all these people that yeah. don't, unfortunately don't get to talk to or see or, or hear from much. And it's, it's I don't know, it, it's very, I enjoy it because it's these people who like, especially each one of you guys where i don't play with on a regular basis where i used right. to maybe mm-hmm. 10 years ago you know yeah. where it's yeah. like
2: <laughs> and it's a good and way to I guess if you have, haven't been around you mm-hmm. kind of get back in and talk about it and kind of get you mixed back in that's going to happen with me where i was away from the from discord now I'm kind of got back integrated again so mm-hmm. it's been been great yeah
0: um so since i already already brought it up i wanted to talk about um the gamer tag so can you tell us um, I know. I guess I only know about the the Eye versions and then the in versions. So can you uh, can you tell us about how how you came up with those and and the history of those?
1: I to some extent have always been Dead Eye, uh, which which you may remember. Dead came from it was Knights of the Old Republic. There was a guy okay. named Dead Duncan, and he was a character you came across in the, in the during the story. And I, I kind of always liked the name Dead because I also saw it in Command and Conquer. I don't know if you ever played those real-time strategy games. Mm -hmm. There was a character in the first-person shooter version that they did. His name was Deadeye. He was a sniper. And I kind of always resonated with that. So I was always, in some form or fashion, looking to snipe in a game. And I don't know if you remember when we did um, Halo back in the day. We had the different roles where you had your archers, your raiders. and Oh, yeah. Gosh, you're going to have to forgive me. I don't remember the other the other roles, but I was always... Honor Guard. Honor Guard, Honor Guard, guard, yes, that's right. Well, I mean, I've always been dead-eyed in in some regard, and when I started streaming, uh, that's really when I went and took a look at my name because I wanted to come up with some sort of branding, like a logo and things like that, and -hmm. the guy that I was talking with kind of, he made it it sound kind of like it's hard to uh, market yourself when there's so many people by the same name out there and Deadeye is a very popular name and I was competing with like a gaming group and other people with the same kind of name and I mean but you didn't have the same name across all the platforms like Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, all those things so I really went back and I thought like okay where what can I do that's kind of unique to me and Coop is like a shortened version of my middle name, which is a nickname that I've always gone by uh, Cooper and N being my first initial. So I, I kind of looked at that and I was like, okay, well, that, that kind of is unique in, in its own way. I have that name on every platform because you can, using a tool, find that kind of stuff out. And, and so I was just like, okay, I'm going to go with that. And I mean, I've been doing that for the past feel like year or so that I've had that name change. And it's been good. You know, a lot of people uh, seem to recognize that name who, uh, in the destiny circles that I play in, uh, they seem to recognize it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And it is, it is super important to have, you know, if you're going to be doing, um, you know, the streaming and, and want to make a, a voice and a, and a presence for yourself to have that uniquely identifiable, just something super easy exactly. to say. So it's a right type, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and
1: and awesome. but back on that point, Mr. Deadeye, which is what I was for a long time, is mm-hmm. just a mouthful to say. And I, I remember sometime back in the day listening to somebody talk, like Halo, not only was it a great game, but it had such a short name that it was like it was just easy to say. It rolled right off the tongue. And I was thinking that when I came up with my new yeah. name. So
0: Yeah, I've always liked to and I and I'm I'm sure it's like colloquial just in like the the Halo universe, but every time if we're like hey we're going to play halo like we never had to say oh we're going to play ODST yeah. Halo 03 we yeah, just say just halo it. like whatever exactly. the current one is like yeah. we're playing halo right. you know like that's what it is like we're playing same thing with destiny right we're playing destiny we're playing halo yes, we're playing exactly. cod like yep i like that better than you simple, know simple
1: playing... easy to Groundwork say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can drop the drop the numbers and just say the name mm-hmm. yeah, yeah which which
0: makes it it super nice so um I was uh, just posting on our Discord today. Are you are you excited about this new Destiny expansion? Or uh, I guess the, not expansion, but season? This new dropped? season.
1: I checked it out briefly because I was sitting here about 1 o'clock, just eating some lunch, and I was like, oh, yeah, new season came out today. And normally I'm, like, really excited about it, and it may just be because I play and stream Destiny all the time that mm-hmm. I kind of I feel like I'm hitting that same thing that other content creators are hitting where they want to branch out and do other things just because there's like a a lull in the season. Like this past season just seemed to drag out. And I don't know if I'm the only person who experienced it, but I ran King's Fall so many times. And even before that, I ran Val with the Disciple. I did like 60 runs of it. And I had like 20 Sherpas trying to help people get clears and teach people how to do the raids. And it just, it feels like, when the seasons are a little bit longer that I just kind of get bored with the game. Now, I always come back to it, and I'm excited to try that stuff in the new season. I think what has me the most excited is it goes back to the the Warmind stuff, and yes, I like the weapons based around the war mine. so I'm going to sure. get some of my favorite guns back, which I'm excited about. Get some armor. I really want the OG Mars armor, and I hope that they bring that back from the Escalation Protocol, but I don't have my, my hopes up
0: Escalation Protocol is probably one of my favorite little, whatever they called that, the um,
1: like public events?
0: activity. Th- yeah, when the public was that? events. Was that
2: like kind of one of the first ones?
1: That uh, was like one on of Mars. the OG yeah, things it it you was, could it do was on Mars. Mars. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it was. And it was super hard in the beginning too. And there Definitely. was like several, like seven rounds or six rounds or something. Oh, yeah, like yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember people tried to like cheese to get their friends in because it was a nine-player activity, but obviously you can only have three people on a fire team. And so you were trying to get people like in your, in your instance right. to like invite yeah. your friends in and like <laughs> to, do yep. all this stuff to get people in. Oh yeah. So, we definitely no, they...
1: did that. Cause Thor <laughs> lives close enough to me that him and I could get in the same servers. And oh, so nice. I would, I would try to make it so that somebody could, people could join up on me. People could join up on Thor and we mm-hmm. would just happen to be in the same instance and we could do it that way. At least get like six people there. I remember doing that back in the day. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, that was that was probably one of my favorite, um, like you said, the, the like the public event things that they did. S- some of the more recent ones I haven't like enjoyed as much. Um, this last one, like with the pirate stuff, was kind of cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I I, I dropped off um, and just kind of had, had stopped playing, and I don't really know necessarily what what the reason was for this season.
2: And it, yeah, I have a question for someone who plays all the time, mm-hmm. lore wise, what. Is happening because I feel like lore was super cool. The podcast was- isn't this long, man. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So you got you got like a yeah. four hour bite video today. I can't take
1: happening? that deep of a dive. I'll do like a high level <laughs> thing. What's going on? But it, yeah, hit, hit him them with the high level. Starting with the witch queen, the whole idea of what happened there is setting up for the witness, and they're they're hinting at a lot of stuff. Which, if you haven't played, I don't want to get too much into what happened so far this season with where I think they're going with it. But Witness is the big bad guy. We've been hearing about the darkness for quite some time. We have a face for it. Now we know that the darkness is on its way. This past season, we unearthed the relics of Nezarak, which was an original, I guess, disciple of the Witness. So there's a lot of stuff going on with the darkness and us trying to unravel what the darkness is and... I think trying to use more of the darkness, which is going to go into what's coming in Lightfall. They they're talking about Neptune already uh, with Osiris, mm. so there's there's just a lot of stuff revolving around the darkness and what that is and what that means to us as a guardian. So I'm kind of I'm excited cool. to see what's going to be happening.
0: Yeah, I think f- for me, like I, I've always been a big fan of Destiny. Um, yeah. You know, I, I definitely hung hung out with hung hung past like the Destiny One and Destiny Two. Um, where we had a lot of people like Apollo that fell off in Destiny 2. Um, But one of the things I'm actually starting to appreciate in these last couple of years and seasons is they're actually getting to the story, right? They're actually, like, especially with the Witch Queen, like, they are, like, they went into the backstory of how she became who she was, and, like, they went into a bunch of lore that wasn't in Grimoire cards and other, like, random places you have to try and read and and find, which which I really like. So
1: So was I the only person who was super confused that, we were watching the cut sort cutscene stuff with um, Sabathun, and she was already dead. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Like
1: <laughs> I, as soon as when that, when that part hit, it was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that all happened already. And we're like catching up to all that in the story. I thought that was so cool. The way they did that yeah. storyline.
0: Um, did you watch the Bife like primer for that? Like the movie he made? I did not. I
1: usually, I used to be really good about it and I've, I've just been bad about watching the stuff I used to keep up with.
0: He, he made a legit animated movie um, that basically t- told the whole story of the origins of the Hive and how Savathood and the siblings became to be who they are, which Destiny eventually told you maybe about like a fourth or a, a third of as much that Bife had in his thing. Because basically he went through all the, all the lore of everything that he has, and then he made it into just this amazing well-told story with art and all this kind of stuff and it was a fantastic primer for the witch queen i think it was it was pretty long it was this uh his his name is I, my name is bife he's a a, a youtuber it, yeah. mm-hmm. with a just amazing voice and he nice. just has a very good he, he does presence and great lore videos cool. yeah i mean like legit like when i said his is four hours like he does have like a Th- you know, this is the whole complete story of Destiny, and it's like four hours long. Nice. He'll he'll, he'll do
1: another one coming up to the of release of Lightfall, most likely. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. you'll see something drop that's like the entire story of Destiny this far, and it'll be like a two or three hour video. Yeah. See, Gambit's
0: not here today, so we could like literally just talk about Destiny the whole time. Like it's <laughs> fine.
2: So I dropped off um, like right when the pyramid started happening, like the moon, that whole moon the season thing, of arrivals. Mm-hmm. I think so. It was like, it's been a couple of years. Um, was, it, was
1: it right before they made but, um, the planets disappear, like Io and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was definitely because that hadn't happened yet for me anyway. But it was like right when you discovered the pyramids, and I don't remember what the season was called. But it all seemed super interesting. I was like really interested to do it, but I just didn't have the time to go through all the stuff
1: and just, mm-hmm. you know. That's, that's the problem. But
2: it, the lore always seems super cool.
1: Uh, Destiny, Destiny is a great game, but it, it suffers from uh, a lot of like in-depth stuff that makes it hard for people to jump into without, yeah, watching something like My Name Is Bife to bring you up to date on what's going on with the story. Mm-hmm.
0: So I know we could just go ahead and talk about Destiny all, all day, and maybe we'll get back to it. One we'll more see. Question, okay. okay. Okay.
2: Has the Traveler done anything? <laughs> <laughs> just curious. It made he, the ghosts. He's a, he's <laughs> awoken.
1: He's awoken now in the in the story so i mean okay so that. like
2: there's actually it's not just like what something might happen something's actually happening and in, involved in the story
1: yeah i mean i th- i think uh the traveler is awake and we're going to see some interesting stuff happen with that too but i i that's do awesome. not know firsthand knowledge
0: well and that's the other thing like when i was saying like the story you know in the in destiny 1 which just drove me insane you would talk to the speaker and he would say oh, I, I don't have time to go into the history of... And it's yeah. like, please do. It's a J.J. Like,
2: Abrams of Destiny. Yeah, yeah, please go
0: into the history of all <laughs> yeah. this and, and explain everything to me. Like, you know, all of us uh, geeks and nerds are like clamoring for more, you know, content and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, please, like, no, yeah. no, 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 please. I'll wait, yeah, I'll yeah, watch a cutscene. I'll, I'll listen to you tell a story, <laughs> like, you know. And so now Destiny, you know, they they drip all that stuff off, you know, out with them, like, audio logs and um, books and, and things like that now in game, but... Um, they have, like, the yeah, lore books
1: that you can collect and you can kind of read for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, or, like, you, you can walk up to, like, a terminal, right, and hear, like, voice recordings or hear conversations between multiple people and yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, Honestly, yeah, I is. think
1: some of the best lore comes with exotic weapons and gear, where when you go and you mm-hmm. do some reading about something, that, that, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool, too. And they, they did that with the uh, gun that is coming with Lightfall, that if you pre-ordered it, you got it already in the game. I can't remember the name of the auto rifle, but it has some yes. cool. It has some cool story to it if you read it.
0: Well, or the um, uh, I guess it'd be a spoiler, but for Witch Queen, like the um, the grenade launcher yes. that you get. You know, there's so yeah, there's some
1: some very cool stuff.
0: Yeah, they they definitely have cool lore. Um, and like something like their grenade launcher. Um, there's like a whole. There's missions around it, right? Where you learn the story
2: and you're building the gun and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, those so, are always cool. Like yeah. that one from King's Fall, where like you gotta collect all the stuff and build that like canvas looking
1: the Touch, yeah. of Touch of Malice.
2: Touch of Malice, yes. Yes. yeah, that's and that's cool. back, I believe, right?
1: It is back. It's a re- random reward for beating the raid. Oh wow, cool. Nice. Which I've right, already <laughs> had three drop for me, and I cannot get them to drop for anybody else that I play with. So I'm like, oh, oh man. I'm I'm dying to do a catalyst run, but I'm still waiting for some people to get the gun to drop for them. <laughs> Someone else to get it.
0: <laughs> I had that happen when uh we were raiding and I got the um eyes of tomorrow and everybody's so pissed because I think I got it like on my first or second run and then nobody else could get it. it
1: used was... up all the luck.
0: Yep. Everybody has everybody has those stories. Yep. Um all right, buddy. Well we um I guess we can kind of start back at the top. When when did you join SSG? Do you remember? Do you know? Gosh, Not I, I about. remember.
1: I remember looking for a group of people to play with because Halo Reach was getting ready to come out, and I said, mm-hmm. "Man, I need to. I want to get back into playing with a clan and having a, a that camaraderie that comes with having a group of people to play with all the time, the same game, you know, same interests." And so it was about the time that Halo Reach was coming out that I I went looking around the for mm-hmm. uh, on back then on the forums to see. Was looking for people and where I could go. And I came across Tide the Leader, which I think I remember seeing something about the gunslingers in like one of Bungie's original Vidocs that they did. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I could go with a group like that, you know, somebody, some group of people that really just love Halo. Because I was so addicted to Halo back in the day. And uh, checking out their forums, I came across the Sword and Shield gaming forums as well. And so I put my application in and Got accepted, and I mean, the kind of the rest is history.
0: Nice, yeah, I think you nailed it because looks like uh, Reach came out in September of 2010, and that's right when you that's when you made your first post on the on our forums. So,
1: yeah, I knew it was right around then.
0: Yeah, good thing Gambit's not here because, like, you know, that's all once Halo Reach is mentioned, like, that's all he can he can talk about. <laughs> so,
1: well, I'm kind of the same way with Destiny, <laughs> it was uh, a good game,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, before um, SSG, we were part of a clan at all before any, any other kind of gaming group?
1: It wasn't like a really, um, organized group. There was a uh, back at when Halo two was out and I got really into playing it kind of competitively. Uh, I found a group of people that I played with a lot and we were called game over. It wasn't like an organized group. We just, that's what we made our, uh, clan name for the, for the organized things that we would do. And it was a lot of big team battle and, um, And things like that. It was, uh, we would just organize and go run around in multiplayer together. Not even, not even like playing against other clans. Just, we played against each other. We played with each other all the time and we knew what our roles were and we would just go do those things when we would play together.
0: I miss big team battles so much. Like just being able to roll in with like eight, eight of your friends or 16 of your friends, like the warthog or the elephant or
2: whatever. Yeah. like you know, especially
0: back like in the like the GG and heydays, like mm-hmm. we'd roll and, like get like five Spirits of Fire guys, and we'll get oh, some yeah. people from TTL and like whatever, and That's we could so just cool. have you know mash, matchmaking like mix this up. Like it was it was awesome. Oh yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I just wish there was anything like that today. It's yeah. I don't understand how it's so spread out uh, as it is. I feel like back then it was like the golden age where everyone was playing almost mm-hmm. the same two or three games. You could find anyone to play with, and now. It seems like everyone's just so spread apart now.
1: Well, um, does the does the new Halo Infinite not have anything like that that makes it so that people can kind of just do the same thing that we used to do back in the day?
0: Um, I, th- I, th- it does have big team battle. I don't know how. I think it might only be twelve now, okay. but I, I don't, I don't think you can go in with a party greater than six. And mm-hmm. I, I, I have not played Infinite multiplayer in a long time, um, so I'm not. And of course, it could have been updated since then. But it was there's some kind of stipulation like that, like you can't go in with more than just who can be on your team, like we Uh, used to be able to. Yeah, which I mean, that's good, right? You don't want to go in like an old big team battle. You don't want to go in with nine, right? Because then one person's gonna get screwed no matter what. Exactly. Um, But it was nice. I seem to
1: remember that happening to me a couple times.
0: Well, or you might go in with a full team, but then you get a random on your team, and they kick somebody off, like and then somebody gets, you know, but. You know, to to Bungie's credit, like I feel like they were always very good about that. To where, when certainly the three of us used to play like Modern Warfare, like the OG Modern Warfare, like we'd be mm-hmm. in the same party and it would split us, and we're right. like, "What yeah. the hell?" And like I remember, I think we stole it from TTL, but there was a phrase, "Oklahoma," because everybody would just oh, back yeah. out. Yeah, I remember that? Yep. because if if we didn't, like, because <laughs> the the party leader didn't have a control to back people out, so right. everybody had to manually back out on their own, and so. That's right. That's they funny. came up with, I think it was TTL came up with Oklahoma because it was just a random
2: word that you wouldn't necessarily right. hear. And so yeah, if you just really heard it, you would know to back out. It's funny how that became like the code word for <laughs> almost everyone. Everyone knew what it meant. It's almost like yep. you could say it and other people you didn't know would back out to. Right. <laughs> everyone yeah. would just leave. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> uh,
1: that's like if you get too many people in your party, everybody knows the, what the answer to this question means if you ask them what the shape of Italy is.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a Toma question right there. <laughs> Oh, he loves that. That's why. He, that's why yep. you can never have Toma be in charge of, you know, have have control to be able to boot people because uh-huh. he will ask the Italy question and and invariably boot somebody. So, um, what do you think? You know, so with this, with that question of like the the gaming la- landscape of trying to get like a big game in, uh, or mo- uh, you know, big lobbies in, is there any of these more recent like um, battle royale games that support anything like that? Do you know? Because I know I know you play. You know, a couple different ones of
1: those. I play, as far as battle royales go, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty lately. Which your max size, you can go in with this four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that Fortnite supports if you are a if you have a creator code with Fortnite, you somehow have the ability to create your own custom lobbies that people can get into, and then you can mm-hmm. have as many people as you want. And I've done that a couple times with. Uh, not myself because I'm not a Fortnite creator, but there's a uh, one of one of my one of the local streamers I know who I watch occasionally. She has the Fortnite creator code and she's able to do that. So I've jumped in a couple of her lobbies before just to play with her, and so I know some of the bigger people like Ninja. Some of the bigger Fortnite streamers have the ability to probably fill up an entire lobby with just people who watch them. You know, a hundred people, uh. just a custom server go and do last man standing kind of thing. I don't know too many other ones that allow that though.
0: So do they like, um, did they do like contests or something to like get them, get themselves slots or do they rotate people or,
1: um, I, I or would college. assume they just do a, uh, here's the code to get in. Everybody has a yeah, chance to enter it in. and whoever yeah. gets in, gets in right. kind of thing.
2: I kind of miss that where it's just, everyone just piles into a lobby and you just kind of mess around. It's not like super serious. You just put up a, put on a custom game or something and, I don't know, it's always been the most fun to me
1: mm-hmm. a, no that's a, that's definitely a fun time seems like there's too many too much seriousness in games yeah. these days where people are just like i want to be the best person and it's not like you you can just go jump in and have a good time like what it randomly create your teams like it used to uh and and see kind of who you get teamed with and see how you play with those people
0: yeah and we've uh, speaking to this the big team stuff i feel like the teams have been getting smaller and smaller, right? Like, I think Destiny was a big catalyst to where it forces into you know three person fire teams and stuff yeah. like that, and
2: really restricted us.
0: Yeah, and you know games like Fortnite and PUBG and uh, Call of Duty, you know when you go into the battle royale games, you can pick you know duos and trios and quads and stuff like that. So that makes it a little better, you know. Yeah. You can at least do four sometimes, but,
1: but oh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, uh, it's got me to the point where I just go in those games solo now. Mm. You know, it, it's. It may be a timing thing of who's on, but I almost just prefer to play solo when it comes to games like that because you know I play a lot of games, so I feel like there's uh, I don't I don't like sounding like I'm elitist, but I know there's there's a skill gap difference. Once you spend so much time in a game, there's like a uh, you know one, even one of the guys that I play with on a regular in other games, he's like you don't want to play with me in this game because I have you know. I'm ranked so much higher than it's going to be difficult for anybody to even have a good time playing with me. And I see that playing like Overwatch or uh, Call of Duty Warzone 2 or Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer. Like if I jump in with somebody who I know is better than me, I'm going to see it because I'm going to be playing against people who are better than me. So it makes it not as much fun. And and I don't want to subject anybody who just wants to play casually to playing with maybe somebody who's a little bit better than them or – you know subject myself to playing with people who are better than me. So, I don't I understand it both ways.
0: Yeah, it can especially like with some of the games that have like the skill-based matchmaking, you know, right. and you know they try their best to kind of bridge that gap, right? You have somebody that's a level 100 and then somebody that's level 2. Yeah. You know, works well, it out and,
1: speaking on that, did I see something where Destiny now has a better player versus player ranking system in the game with this season?
0: Uh the only thing so the only thing I've read so far on this season, I just watched the, like the, the uh, uh, trailer video. So I didn't get I didn't look at any of the TWAB notes or anything like that. So okay. that, that very well could be. The TWAB notes? Yeah. This week at this week Bunny. <laughs> I know, it's just funny. I never heard it.
1: Twab.
0: <laughs> <wild. That's> good. <laughs> um so we've kind of been talking around it, but I am very interested to hear your journey on kind of becoming this streamer and and kind of this you know enterprise that you've kind of made for yourself it it's very very cool so i'd like to hear kind of some of the story behind that
1: um well it's very simple honestly i got to the point where i was like if i'm going to be playing games i'm just going to start streaming it and see what happens and um it started out not being mainly about destiny when i started streaming i was kind of playing different stuff just kind of seeing how it how it worked you know i re- i remember even like a couple afternoon Genshin impact streams when I was trying that game out. You know, it's, it it was really just like an experiment of sorts. And then it got to the point where I was like getting pretty good at doing some of the stuff that I do in destiny. Like I like to do a lot of PVE help in the game. So I'll do like raid Sherpas where I teach people how to do raids or I'll do GM carries with like another, Uh, another friend in the game who's really good at doing GMs. Most of the time I can, you know, I haven't soloed a GM yet, but I've done like duo flawless on a GM and these people I usually go and I'll help other people get through a GM with, you know, we'll, we'll go and we'll say, we need you to run this loadout, this uh, subclass and, you know, just stick with us and stay alive. If one of us goes down for any reason, you just, you know, make sure you try to help out the other person by not getting yourself killed. So they're trying to do it solo and we'll we'll teach people how to do the GMs and get through them, and you know do multiple clears, um, do uh, do a lot of stuff like that. Teaching dungeons, and it kind of blew up from there with uh, people not wanting to LFG for help mm-hmm. with stuff, and they come and they see a person who's friendly and you know makes the game fun to play, and makes them feel welcome and not like they're just being carried like they're being taught how to do things and it really resonates with people when when they're treated as like an equal in the game and not not like you're just a a person who is in the stream as a as a carry and then you're back to being in the stream once you're done being carried a lot of the people that i've met in the game and met through streaming are actually really good friends of mine now and i've been you know over the past year or so it's gotten really serious i think I saw one of my one of the people that uh, is a is a follower of mine, a subscriber, just hit like 16 months being subscribed to me, and I was like blown away that it's even uh-huh. been that long that this person's been there because it feels like it's been longer than that, the way that, you know, we get along as friends, and it feels like we've been friends forever, kind of like my friendships I have with a lot of people in SSG.
2: I'm just curious, like how did your following start? Did it happen kind of organically, or did you try to put yourself out there? How did that happen?
1: I, I guess uh I really just when when you start streaming and, and this is kind of something I've had to teach myself uh, and, and anybody who asks like that's another thing, too. A lot of people when when they're coming to hang out, they'll ask questions and some streamers don't like you asking questions about streaming or like what they can do to a point. Some people get annoyed by it. I don't mind because I like to, I've done a lot of research into it and that's, that's kind of to my personality. I do a lot of research into a lot of things before I do it, you know, so I make sure I make a good decision. So I, I looked into things. You don't need super expensive equipment. Now over the time, you know, using some of the money I've been getting from Twitch has gone back into the stream and, you know, I've purchased equipment, things to make it have better production value. It, it's not so much about, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, I, I, I try to make it as accessible to people as possible. So if people have questions about streaming, I make sure that I can answer them or I help them if they need help setting up their stream or something, I tell them this is how I do it. And there's cheap ways to do it like this, or you can spend money on these fancy things and you can do it that way.
0: Nice. So you're saying like just being nice to people really helps.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, people people want a friendly face. You know, I feel like that was another thing, too. I didn't have a great camera at first, but I put my camera on and I said, hey, if you want to, you know, hang out and see me, this is me. And uh, uh, it's always been kind of like that. So it's it's been I I make myself accessible to people. They, They know who they're who they're watching and, you know, they can see me and see me interacting with them. Like even now just sitting here talking with you, I'm looking like towards the camera because I'm like used to right. sitting in front of you with my headset on and my microphone in front of me and talking to the camera when I talk to people. So
2: I remember when um, Twitch was started getting integrated into Xbox and I had to connect, I would stream myself just like lying on the couch, like just playing Fallout or something, and I'd title the stream <laughs> Watch Me Suck at Fallout but it didn't really catch on.
1: <laughs> you know, it, 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 it happens organically. You have to get used to streaming to nobody. Because then when people do get there and they're watching you, then it gives you something else to do. So being able to have a conversation with just yourself is a big thing. If just like talking about what you're doing in the game or reading dialogue that you see, like if, if for some reason, it's not like a spoken dialogue in the game, it's just like text stuff, just kind of reading what's there gets you talking and it gets people asking questions. And like one of my biggest things, like I noticed is, I have a lot more people there at the beginning of the stream now before it didn't used to be that way. So I'd just be like, you know, hey, hope everybody's doing well. well we're going to play some Destiny tonight, whatever. Now I actually have people who are like hyping up the chat before I even switch scenes nice. from my starting soon to live. And it's, it's actually pretty funny. Now I'm be like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? And I'll go through reading back through the log of what they were talking about before I actually sat down in front of the computer to hit that change scene button.
0: That's really cool, and, yeah, and I'm sure and especially like you know you recognize most or all you know some of the names that are there, and you know you build a rapport you know with all those people mm-hmm, like exactly
1: this. oh i i know i mean i have I have somewhere around like seven hundred and twenty followers right now, and wow. a lot of the regular people i could i can remember the last things we were talking about, so i I can That's usually great. pick up a conversation almost where we left off or. I remember something and I'm able to, you know, engage with that person when I see their name pop up.
0: That's crazy. Like, I don't remember what Apollo and I talked about at dinner. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. So are you, do you feel like you're, you're where you want this to be? Or are you looking to, to take it anywhere further?
1: I mean, I, I've always said this, I don't care how big I get, like one of my longtime followers, subscriber people, he keeps keeps talking about how I'm like the next glad, and I'm like, no, I don't want to be that big. I like being able to interact with people, and I've been in people's chats where they have thousands of people just watching and talking, and I'm like, I don't even know how these people can keep up with what's happening in the chat window, let alone be playing the game at the same time. (laughs) Just and so assistant. yeah, I, I do enjoy having my channel where it is. Obviously the growth would be amazing because I, as, as much as I love my job, I'd love to stream full time. It'd be fun because then I can make money playing a game, which is what I love to do in my free time. So right, I don't know. There's always the, the hope for growth, but I do like where I am.
0: How do you find with streaming – because so like I have my computer company that I that I run out of the house and I, and I rarely like I, I'm pretty much always on site doing work for clients so I don't typically work in my office much anymore um, but when I do that's the time that my kids want to talk to me like <laughs> right. they they won't come to my office at all until like I'm on the phone or I'm yep. like working on a computer like how do you deal with that streaming like family balance
1: so my typical rule of thumb is if my wife is working those nights I'll be streaming and lately that's been so so not the way it's been working it, it's <laughs> i i love spending time with my family when i'm home and they're awake and my typical streaming time is when they're sleeping so i've mm-hmm. had to really lately find some balance between uh my wife's new schedule cuz uh, i don't know if i told you guys but she just recently finished her nurse practitioner degree. So the last two years have been hell of her getting her master's. Oh yeah. And she just started working at a practice. And so now she has a daytime job like me. And I'm like, Oh, I love that you're doing what you want to be doing, but I want to stream. So when can, (laughs) when can I fit that into my schedule? So I've actually done a lot more of like, I still keep the gaming to when the kids are sleeping, but what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, look, you know, oh, let's, let's watch something for a little bit, and then I'll get on and play for a little while. I don't stream forever. I'll stream for, like, four or five hours, maybe six if I stretch it. I pay for it the next day, you know, going to bed at, like, 2 a.m. Yeah. and waking up at 6 to get the kids to school does suck, and it builds up, uh, it, it takes its toll on me. But that that's kind of how I do it. I just sacrifice a little bit of sleep to play, and, you know, I do it when the kids are asleep. And when the wife is usually not home, but it's mostly at nighttime, so it works out.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you find your demand is going up? Like your your followers are hoping to to watch you more, and you feel like you need to stream more, or do you, are you able to just kind of do it whenever you want to do it?
1: I, I do. I do kind of feel like that people want to be seeing me because I do get d- DMs on Discord, like, "Hey, you gonna be streaming tonight?" Or I'll get tagged in yeah. in my my streaming Discord server. That's mainly just for like communicating stuff about my stream or whatever and uh people will ping me and be like hey is there gonna be a stream tonight and i'm like ah sorry tonight's a wife night or tonight we're watching football or something like that so yeah. um I, I do find that people want to be seeing me which is why i've been doing a little bit more stuff like offline i'll be like hey i'm gonna jump on for a couple hours and you know run some run a raid with you guys and just not stream and just hang out that way it's like." Because it's not just about streaming for me. I just I, I enjoy playing the game with people that I like playing it with, and if they want to be there watching me stream and do it, then they can be there. Or if they want to be watching me, or if they want to be playing with me, and there be no stream, it's either way. I don't care. I just like to have a good time.
2: That's great. It's a good problem to have too. Then I guess <laughs> demand.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think the whole sherpa aspect of it is is such a just what a benefit to the community. Like yeah. I, yeah. I think the Destiny community in general is, is very friendly, you know, and, and where you, where you can find people that do that. But, uh, but I think that's a, probably a big key to your success and being, you know, getting to as high profile as you are to, definitely to just, to, to doing those Sherpa runs and, and be willing to help and explain and, 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 you know, not, you're not just making videos or guides, but you're actually taking them through and Sherping and them through the, exactly. the, the difficult content, you know, exactly. Yeah.
1: So. Well, I mean, remember, remember Cyberwalky? I learned from one of the best Sherpas. Yeah. He was He was
0: he was the best. SherpaWalky. He, he
1: was so yeah. so fantastic at it. And we still we still use some of his classic lines in the King's Fall raid oh, yeah. now.
0: <laughs> Push up, shoot adepts. Shoot, <laughs> shoot what shoots? Shoot
1: what shoots?
0: Shoot what shoots. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Um cuz yeah, that was the King the original King's Fall raid is probably the one I've done the most. And mm-hmm. yeah, probably definitely did it with with Cyber. Yeah. All the time, and so yeah, it was funny because he would he would just he would just take charge, and he would be like, "All right, oh stop here, you know, shoot the All right, now we're gonna you know move forward and do this." Yeah, it's funny. Yep. Shoot with shoots exactly.
2: Yeah. So we had a like a weekly standing raid with him. I uh-huh. think dead eye. Uh, sorry, let me call you dead eye. You can <laughs> Luke can call Nick. me coop. You can call me Nick. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's just remember how I'm used to calling you. <laughs> that's when we, we used to play. and um but we we would play with him every week. We would do. Yep. Whatever the current raid was. Um and we got pretty good. We got a good group mm-hmm. going.
1: And and well, th- our group, we like we talk about this sometimes because I play with Thor quite a bit. Yeah. And um well we'll talk about the old group. Uh remember remember fugue Well, he's he's Fugue now. Back then he was Velocity Shifts and then changed his name to Fugue. And yes. I've been I've been in contact with him a lot recently because you know, once I started streaming, he was one of the first people that popped in and was like, hey, it's good to see you. And I was like, mm. oh, wow, okay, cool, you know. And he yes. he plays with us quite a bit. So we have, like, some of the old raid group together with me, Thor, and Fugue. And I'm like, cool. man, we just need to get CyberWalky and the girls back in here. And our raid group mm-hmm, would be yeah. complete. We could just go knock this thing out with our eyes closed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I still have. I have yet to do uh, the new Kingsf- or the new version of Kingsflaw. I, I definitely want to do that. Is it the
1: so, same,
2: or is it like an updated version, or what they, they do?
1: Oh, they they made some changes, but it pretty much is the same exact raid. They changed the way a couple of the encounters work, and it makes them okay. feel a little bit better. So it's they were welcome changes, but it, it felt like nice. the exact same raid running through it. I was just like, oh, that's all they did. Okay, let's just knock this thing out.
2: Was it brought back like as a legacy thing, like hey, play this again, or is it part of the new story? No,
1: it's 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 not part of the new story, but it's under the legacy tab, so to speak. Okay. So you click on the legacy thing, and under there is Vault of Glass and Now King's Fall. Nice.
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely one of my favorite, and like I, for me, it was one of the more like technical ones, you know, where you it was very structured, like you had to do this first and this and and. Like especially obviously playing with cyber, like there was there was a method to everything that we yeah, did. Yeah, mm-hmm. remember all exactly. that. And so, yeah, okay, who who's gonna get the, um, whatever it is, like the, orbs. the, yeah, the orbs and like you know who's gonna be invisible and who's gonna you know do certain things. See now now that
1: stuff's randomized, so you you Ooh, don't have control oh wow. over it. But it did change some of the way the encounters work. Where like on the daughters, now what you'll yeah. do is you have a person per plate. It used to be everybody had to jump up in order from, like, the starting plate. Mm -hmm. Now it's just one person jumps up on the plate that's the starting plate. They tell you what the ending plate is. One person randomly becomes invisible, and the person who's invisible goes to the starting plate, and the person jumps on the final plate, and then the person makes their run directly to the other plate using the invisible platforms, and that's it. But you have to collect it three times now. So the third time, you actually get the buff, and you're able to... uh, you know steal the thing from the daughter that makes her invulnerable and then you do damage from inside the bubble so it, it's a little bit different but it still feels like the same rate essentially
2: wasn't the original like the what's the hard version called were they it was just or? just
1: hard mode i think
2: hard, mode, hard yeah. mode wasn't the original hard mode random on the like the on the daughters I remember like i like think it all it, i think it out? all
1: was or it, it, it was all you could pick who became invisible somehow I think yeah, it was whoever jumped up, up on the plate or got, second yeah, or something yeah, I think like a that. Yeah, the normal
2: version you could choose, but like it's hard, I feel like it was random.
1: It's been way too long since I, I know, played man. the original Destiny. Now I have this one ingrained in my brain how it works.
2: <laughs> for some reason, I feel like that was Destiny too. I know it's the original Destiny, but it feels like almost everything was Destiny original. I don't know. It all kind of blends together, which I guess is what they're going for. Oh, it does. So we. Um... So, you know, we talked
0: about, about your streaming and have to working around all your family life and your work life. So what do you do for work?
1: I am a database administrator. I'm not going to say the company, but people, some people within SSD do do know the company. I'm only just not going to say it because I'm going to tell people who come watch me stream and I don't want them to, they, they know what I do. They just don't know where I work and I'd rather keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I've been working with the same company because I started back in, I think 2012, I think I started working there as a contractor. And I remember going down to the Atlanta land where we met up for SSG and I was Uh, having a conversation. This was probably a couple of years, maybe a couple of years into uh, being a contractor there. I said, man, I'm really liking where I work. And I think I have an opportunity to take a full-time job. And I was talking with these people while we're hanging out, you know, playing games, having some drinks, whatever we were doing when we were there. And like, but if I go work for them, I'm going to take a big pay cut because they pay their contractors really well, but then their employees don't make nearly as much as a contractor does. So I started working there. Um, I just hit my five years as a, a, a hired on full-time employee, which is great because I got an extra week of vacation time. So now I get three weeks. Thanks which is like blows my mind. Some of these people have been there forever. They have like five weeks of vacation time. Just it's (laughs) insane. So I can, I, I'm really enjoying my job. I like it. I work with uh, Asia Pacific mostly. So I support China, Japan. I've been to China twice already. I have to go. I was going to go to Japan this past year, but the timing of it kind of wasn't good. It was like right in the middle of summer. So it kind of screwed up summer plans and so I said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll support you guys remotely for this thing you wanted me there for, but I'll be there next year for the big one. So I'm, I think I'm going to be in Tokyo uh, next September. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, on the topic it's of exciting. having gone to China, I never thought in my life I would ever go there. And I went and I climbed to the top of Mutan Yu, which is a section of the Great Wall that it's like climbing up 15 flights of stairs to get to the top of this section and i my wife was working that night when i was climbing up during the day in china she was working that night and i facetimed her from the top of the great wall and choppy quality but i was like hey look where i am and i did like a panorama so she could see it and it was just one of the coolest experiences i've had in my life of being able to do that
0: is is it just like surreal when you're there on the wall, like because it's just so so tall and so vast? Like, it's, it just.
1: I think it's the history, honestly. Like yeah. when it's you're old. walking, when you're walking through it, and you're like looking, climbing through these different sections where, you know, you're walking on top of the wall, but then you walk into like an almost like a outpost every so often, and you look out and you're like, man, people, you still like shoot and bow and arrow at somebody on the other side of this wall yeah. through this little <laughs> hole here. <laughs> it, it was really really cool.
2: Do you know what part it was? It was like I know there's like a whole bunch of different sections built at different times. Was it do you know what section you were in?
1: Well, if I well the the section like I said it was Mutanyu. Um okay. it it's probably let's see. Beijing has the most parts of the Great Wall near it. Probably cuz it's one of the biggest cities, but it's one of those sections you can get to that's near Beijing. And it, it's, it's very famous. Like if you, there's another one that's really tall and really steep, we didn't do that one. Uh, and I can't remember the name of that section, but the other one that we did was more accessible to a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I have, um, I've got an Apple TV and you know, it, it has a screensaver that kicks on. And so I have it just set to a bunch of aerial ones and while, mm, nice. like the great wall, uh, sections of the great wall of China will come on and it's like. Uh, I, I, I think they're all done by drone now, but it's like, how did they get that footage? Yeah. Like did, I mean, they had to get that from China. Like there's no way like China let Apple come in and like film drone, you know, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe stuff like the great wall, they're a little more lax on, but I just feel like they just wouldn't let. I guess
1: it's like, it's, Apple yeah, it's such a big, their... it's such a big tourist attraction these days. Yeah.
2: Also, Jay, you don't have to say, I have an Apple TV. We know you have an Apple TV. (laughs) Hey, I I was gonna say, I bet all three of us have an Apple TV, yeah, yeah, but you can just say, My Apple TV. Like, oh, yeah, of course, you have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Which one (laughs) are you talking about? Hey,
0: I don't have the newest one, okay, Okay. so just I'll leave it at that. I mean, I usually buy all the new, yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. well, that's fair, that's (laughs) definitely a fair question. So... With all of your uh, game playing, how do you split it up now, um, like system wise? so are you mostly over to PC
1: now? I am a hundred percent PC. Oh wow! Have you have you not heard the story? So, um, back w- when I had already switched over to PC and I had been playing for a little while, um, I tried to go back and help a couple. Uh, I think the I think they're all former SSG members now. Twee and a couple of the the people that she hung out with quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed some help with the, it was something that came out with Shadowkeep, I think. No, it was, it was, the, um, it was in the Season of Opulence when uh. you could do that one event that everybody loved and misses from the game. And I can't remember what it's called right now but they needed help doing like the hard mode version. And they're like, Hey, you play this like game the big a lot. Six person activity. It was the big six person activity that ran through like the Leviathan and you had mm-hmm. like randomized things that you would have to go oh, do. Yeah. So they want, they wanted my help. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, well I can jump on the Xbox and help you. This was before crossplay was a thing and before cross save was a thing. So I couldn't even just like use, I had to use my PC account stuff uh, and I had to go onto the Xbox and play on the Xbox because crossplay hadn't happened yet. And so I'm sitting in the Xbox and I have my, my headset and my controller and I'm starting to go try to run around and do these things like I'm used to doing with a mouse and keyboard. And I'm like, like I can tell you guys what to do in these different sections that we get into, but my aim sucks. I cannot <laughs> use a controller to save my life anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I cannot use a controller. And some games it works, like, if I play like Grand Theft Auto, it feels better on a controller, but I just cannot play a fast-paced first-person shooter anymore. I have gotten so used to the mouse and keyboard again that I just cannot get away from it.
2: Do you find you play better with the mouse and keyboard? I mean, obviously now, because you can't use a controller, but if yeah. you, you had to compare.
1: Oh, if I had to compare, like, I I feel like as a PvP player, my mouse and keyboard skills are way better than where I was with a with a uh, controller. Hmm. On the Xbox or even if I plug the controller into my PC I just feel like my my skill level is vastly different with my aim
2: interesting yeah I've never played any kind of shooter on a PC before so I have no idea what that is like
1: it it would probably feel similar to how it feels for me to use a controller these days
2: yeah (laughs) see I have the opposite
0: where I started so like I used to I mean I've always had consoles but but I um, I remember probably the biggest example is half-life two like half-life two came out and you know that's only you know when it came out it was only on pc and so i was always you know i played lots of shooters like you know the dooms and quakes and half-life two and team fortress and all that kind of stuff on my p on my pc um and so i kind of always flip back and forth and but man like now you know now that i've got my own custom gaming pc i just I, i just can't do mouse and keyboard like I really, like I can tell, you know, like I know it's, I can feel that it's better like the mouse, but like the, the keyboard is more what I have the problem with. And, mm. and I haven't like really given it like a super fair shake where I've really just tried to invest several days or something into it. But, but I just, I do enjoy playing with a controller.
1: See, I, I feel like I'm in the opposite. I like having all those buttons at my disposal with, you know, my mouse has a couple extra buttons on it, but having everything where I don't feel like I have to you know, stretch my hands weird on a controller to play. Like, I remember always hearing people talk about how they play, like, Claw or some <laughs> yeah. other kind of way with a, a, a controller. I'm like, I can't imagine, you know, holding a controller any different than it looks like it's intended to be held. Uh, at least mm-hmm. on a mouse and keyboard, it's like, I have fairly large hands, you know. I I have a, a 60% keyboard. It has no directional, has no function keys wow. on the top. And I can... I can Pinky and thumb almost across the entire thing, so I have I have a good reach on my keyboard where I feel like everything's kind of within reach just of one hand, and I'm able to, you know, get to where I need pretty quickly as long as I know the buttons for the game. I'm able to do it.
0: Yeah, like uh, even some of those like LED keyboards, you know, that you can change the keycaps or they have like the overlays and all sorts of like. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I have a nice do. fancy little uh, keyboard. It, what uh, it, what do you use? Some of them. Uh, well, this one is the uh, Corsair, oh, it's going to, the name slips my mind. It's the K65 RGB mini 60% mechanical gaming keyboard. Hmm. What, uh, it's, uh, what kind
0: of keycaps did you pick? It's super clicky. I, I
1: have just the normal keycaps that came on it. I think they're the brown, brown something. I can't remember the name, but they are very clicky. If I'm sitting, like you won't hear it because of the way my microphone's configured, but if I was to sit here and bang on the keyboard, you could hear me clicking. If I put the microphone mm-hmm. here, it's it's satisfying when I'm when I'm sitting here just typing with like just doing work or something uh, mm-hmm. to hear the clicky of the keyboard. And then my mouse is uh, is a, I actually just upgraded to a wireless because I didn't like how the wire felt getting like caught and stuff. And so yeah. now I, I use the M65 RGB Ultra Wireless by Corsair, and it has like a. Sniper button on it where I click it and it drops my DPI just with by holding the button in, and I'm able to get a much more control over the um, the scope when I when I scope in. That's and pretty it's cool. Cheating to me. It's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm report you to the game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, all, a lot of controllers these days, you have the ability to change your DPI on the fly, but just to have a button that doesn't meet, need me to go back and click through all of them is pretty nice.
0: That's cool. Where it, it's a hold too, not a toggle. That, that's exactly. really nice. Yeah.
1: I like that. That's
0: mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I've I've wanted to look into the like mechanical keyboard world. Like a lot of the podcasters I let, podcasters that I listen to, uh, a lot of them talk about the um, different mechanical keyboards that they buy or build, and then all the keycaps and stuff. And I was like, oh man, mm-hmm. that's whole, that's well, there's that a, a lot to into, and it's so in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I would get I would get I've so like stupidly engrossed in it oh and i would have like way too many and yeah it would be so yeah it's like uh yeah it's, it's like
1: a rabbit hole for sure mm-hmm.
0: yeah so kudos to you for for just sticking with
1: one for now i mean i do i do have multiple keyboards i just i this is my latest one so this is the one i'm sticking with though i like the, the size it, it feels good with the the desk layout right now so it, it just works
0: are you still rocking your uh double desk i know you had like a like a wedge shape or something. I have a that it's, an, it's an L shaped desk. Oh, so oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: my I spend since my gaming stuff requires more space. I have the larger section of it dedicated to the gaming, and then just to the left of me is my Mac, which I usually have like uh, a podcast or music playing on over my speakers. I have some bookshelf speakers on the desk, and then my work laptop is on the other end, and so I can I can wheel around between. Computers during the day, if I want to be, you know, checking something with a game, and then going back to work if I'm in a meeting or whatever, and then it's also a standing desk, so I can come over and hit a button, and my desk will go to a pre-programmed height if I want to stand up, and I actually have that as a channel point redemption that some people like to um, to troll me while I'm playing a game. I'll be like in the <laughs> middle of a in the middle of a super super intense thing, and somebody will redeem uh, raise your desk. And so then I'll have to like stand up and hit the button and I'll be like you'll see it like coming up to my level <laughs> on the camera. Like it's oh, come on, I'm trying to like bend over so I can see what's going on still while it's level raising up. It's kinda of funny.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I that I mean that's worth joining your stream right there, I think. Yeah for. I'm <laughs> that yeah, I'm button. definitely gonna have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um yeah, I got uh, during COVID, a uh, standing desk was my big purchase, so it's, oh, yeah. it's been a game-changer. I I really enjoy having a standing desk. Do you have one at yeah. your home office?
2: Yeah, so when I moved to my new house, I got basically the same thing you have. It's is, is an L-shaped standing desk, and it's been really, really great. I just need the rooms. So I have just so much like music crap and uh, you know so much stuff that I can just organize it better now. So,
1: Well, it's funny because the original reason I went with this desk is because I do a lot of meetings from home and a lot of them are, like I said, I work with uh, Asia Pacific area. So they'll be in the middle of the night sometimes that these people want to have like a two or three hour call to troubleshoot an issue. And so I'll be like exhausted. If I was sitting down, I'd probably fall asleep, but I can just pop that desk up and stand there and I can be walking around a little bit while I listen to the call, either on my like wireless headset or my little, I have a little puck that connects that I can just kind of control the entire volume and mute myself and, everything from my uh, that little thing. And so I can just kind of be listening on speakerphone and standing up and walking around a little bit and not have to worry about sitting down and falling asleep in the middle of a call.
0: Yeah. It's been really nice. I think just the ergonomics of, you know, cause mine's it right where I want it when I'm standing, obviously. So, and that's where my default. So when I walk into my office, it's just, ready so i can just walk yeah. up and start working and exactly and don't have to do anything like um actually my my daughter stole my chair out of my office and like i haven't missed it in like two weeks yeah. nice. <laughs> it's just like like oh yeah i do, do you it. have one of those like standing mats to help
2: your like feet from getting fatigued
0: so when i bought my desk it came with all these extras mine's from uplift to yeah, desk have and um yeah, it, it came cool. with all the like extras and i bought yeah. their little like boogie board thing yeah did you see that, so, like, that. i didn't get it I saw yeah one. it came with it's got like a Oh, it kind of looks like a skateboard almost. It's bigger than that, but it's got a little uh, like half dome on the bottom. So you just kind of wobble on it. Yeah. And so you can, I don't know that you're supposed to stand on it. I think it's just something for your feet to play with. And so I mean, or so I stand on it. Yeah. Um so I stand on it, or if I'm sitting, I'll, I'll put my feet on it and just kinda of like spin it around. It's and, a little fidget thing you can yeah, do. I it guess. very much helps my, with my ADD. Nice. So it, interesting. it's interesting very helpful
1: with that. So see, I um, haven't yeah. bought a I haven't bought a mat to stand on. I just usually have sneakers on when I'm in here because it my office is in my basement. And so I just mm-hmm. usually wear shoes or something because it's a little bit it's you know, in the wintertime it's a little bit more chilly. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it just more ergonomically having sneakers allows me to be able to stand up and get uh, stand up and sit down more frequently than, uh, having a mat to pull out.
0: need to get some fuzzy slippers or something <laughs> to,
1: put on, yeah. to put
0: on the camera. Yeah. Did you have to do any like big soundproofing or anything like that with all the streaming
1: and, uh, you uh, know, I, recording? I probably should do more, but in in front of me, like behind my main monitor, there's a, a panel that I put together of a bunch of, um, a bunch of like sound dampening pads but it's the only one I have like technically speaking I talked to have a friend who does audio recording and stuff like that in studios and he said what you want to do really is have one in front of you and one behind you because you're stopping the sound from bouncing off the wall in front of you pretty much but there's nothing like else around the room to absorb the sound so you're you're stopping some of it but not all of it from bouncing around and really there should be more more sound dampening than I have
0: have you, do you watch uh, or follow MKBHD on Twitter or uh, YouTube?
1: Uh, no, I do not.
0: Yeah, no, he's cool. I like him. He's just, he's like a tech YouTuber, uh, uh, okay. but he's, he's real meta. Like he'll, he'll go in and, and, you know, do studio tours and talk about his, all his setups. Like he's insanely high polished videos yes. and uh, he does podcasts and stuff now. want like
2: 8k basically like red cameras. Oh yeah. He was doing like
0: <laughs> 8k like 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it wow. was insane. Like he, he's been, he's like top-notch like yeah. production and quality and everything um and he's like just turned 30 i think yeah like ridiculous so he's fantastic but he um one of his he, he talked about all the they just built a, uh, a new office space for all of his media empire that he does and and they went through all of the different um sound features that they have like okay. and some of it is just like you know some like the difference between the the rooms is just just crazy. Like, even they did something simple. Like, they have a um, it's it's partially a shared space, and they just hung like curtains in front of like a uh, like H V A C duct, and mm-hmm. you go under that curtain, and it, like you can't even hear them talk. And then you go on the other side, and it's fine. You know, so really? even simple things like that can yeah. can make a huge huge impact on a space. But but well, yeah, was just you know
1: you know what I find interesting when you talk about stuff like that is it makes me think back to when COVID first started happening. Mm -hmm. And people still had to do voice acting for Destiny. And they were showing how uh, Lance Reddick was recording voice lines for Zavala from his uh, clothing closet. Because of all of the clothes hanging around him just had such good sound dampening in there. Because, I mean, if you think about it, uh, all you're trying to do is create as much uh, stuff for the sound to get stuck on as possible. And clothing sticking out the way it does when it's hung up provides a lot of ways for that air, the sound waves to stop bouncing off of the walls. So I thought yep. I think it's kind of funny.
2: Well
0: I've heard um uh not surprisingly I listen to a lot of Apple podcasts and they will <laughs> Wait, talk <what>? about <laughs> they will talk about they'll be going to Apple's WWC keynote and they'll be in um uh down at Apple's campus and they will have to record a show. And so a lot of times they'll go like into the closet yeah. because it's it is such a. Not only is it small, but it'll have sometimes their clothes in there for the exactly uh, for all the dampening. So yeah, so that that can make a huge difference. But uh, speaking of Lance, Lance Reddick is he is just such a gem. He's like just I, I love his his voice. And yes. his, um like him on Twitter, and he's he's just he's fantastic. So he's
1: a he's a funny guy. Did you did you see where he wanted people to re-record lines for some interaction he had with Keitel? Yeah, uh, in one of the previous seasons, like maybe a couple seasons ago. Yes. And he actually read the line with <laughs> the, the revisions that the community <laughs> had put into it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he's so involved with the community. Like, I would uh, love to get into a game where I just can talk with him while playing the game and pick his brain a little bit. That would be so cool.
2: Well, and I think he plays, doesn't yeah, he? I was going to say. I think play? he does. That's cool. You should stream and, like, do voiceovers and stuff. <laughs> streaming would be
1: pretty cool. <laughs> you would you would think after doing so many voice lines you don't want to hear yourself in the game talking.
2: That's fair.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh, this cutscene was Zavala yeah. just droning on. <laughs> oh man. So um so if we could we'll, we'll drill down a little bit into uh into some more of of your life here. Where were you born at?
1: I was born in upstate New York. Um about I would say about 45 minutes from the capital of albany new york okay in a in a town called uh, Queensbury, actually
0: okay is that where you so you ended up growing up there
1: then no um i moved around quite a bit when i was young i i ended up mainly the my the main years of development like i would say fifth grade i started a school in fifth grade and graduated from the same school but it was the longest time I stayed in one place as a kid and it's not like I had a military family or anything. We just moved around. Um, this, uh, this was about an hour North of that. It wasn't far from the, uh, where I had actually been born, but it was like far enough away that you probably did never heard of this place. Uh, but it was a little town called broad, broad New York. And we were right on a lake, um, like the second lake. It was, uh, Reservoir that they had flooded, and our house was like 200 years old. They had, they had somebody bought it in a church auction when it was being auctioned off, and they sold it and moved the house. So it was a 200 year old house that they had moved from in the middle of the lake where it was gonna be, and they moved it out to where it was when we lived there. And it was just kind of cool. A lot of history in that little town. Um, yeah.
0: They moved the church, like they no, 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 moved... no, no, oh. no, no.
1: They moved the house, like the oh, okay. the church auctioned off the house when it was oh. where it was in the middle of where the lake was going to be. And nice. so somebody picked it up and moved the house up to where it had been sitting <laughs> up, up until the point when we bought it. So it was kind of, kind of wow. interesting. Yeah. And then uh, after I graduated there, I moved to South Carolina. Um, I lived here for a couple of years and then um, oddly enough, I, I, had a girlfriend who I broke up with because I didn't want a long distance relationship. And I started dating my now right. wife and uh, she lived back in New York. So my parents were like super upset. They were like, Oh, you're going to, this is going to suck. We moved here to get away from New York and to just kind of start everything down here. And now you're going to go back up there. I ended up moving back a couple of years later and finishing up my degree, getting married, starting a family and then moving back down here with her. And it's just been, I, w- I love South Carolina. It's, Great mixture of weather.
0: Yeah, it's just unfortunate you're so close to Ghost, though.
1: <laughs> yes. And you know what? I've only seen Ghost a couple times since I moved here. The last <laughs> time I saw Ghost was in my old house, and I had invited him over to watch a UFC fight.
0: When when was that? How long ago was that, you think?
1: Oh, man. Um, I want to say that was at least eight years ago that I saw Ghost.
0: Wow. Um, So... You came down there and you started a family. So what's your family life like now? You got some kids.
1: I feel so old. I just I, I just had a birthday. I turned 38. But my oldest son, which I'm sure you remember me talking about when I first... You could probably pull up the induction post. I, I have it pulled up right now. I have a 14-year-old son now.
2: <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> yeah, I feel old. My youngest mm-hmm. is uh, is going to be 10 in a couple weeks. So... I mean, I'm kind of at that point in my life where we're we're happy with how things are. I'd be very disappointed if if we were to find out that the surgery somehow reverted itself and I was able to have kids again. You know, that's uh, (laughs) where we're we're already looking forward to the retired life at a pretty nice young age of like mid mid forties, maybe into the fifties. So
0: that's pretty sweet. I mean, because there's my parents. I feel like are pretty young. So like when I was in, I think by the time I was maybe 18 graduating high school, like my parents were still in their early or mid forties. And so, and they were just like, and they still are, they're still like cool people. Like they go, they like to go to bars and go to parties and have fun. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, so it was just kind of cool to have young parents. Like I was never like embarrassed by my parents. Yeah, guess, Cause yeah, they were exactly. always, they were always still kind of cool. They can be the cool parents. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
1: I look at some of the people when we go to these things, and the kids, the some of the kids who are my son's age, the fourteen year old, and I look at them, and I'm like, man, we're we're really young to have a fourteen year old, but you know, it's all it's all relative, I guess.
0: It is because like the the opposite. I'm kind of right in the middle. You know, as far as like when we had kids, I think I was like thirty one when we had our first kid, but you know, because the opposite end is you know, you have kids when you're like, let's say you decided to wait till you're 35, 36, mm-hmm. you know, you want to travel and do things. Well, that, that's great. You know, you get to experience things, you know, when you have a stable job and have money and you're married and all this kind of stuff, but then you're older when your kids are, you know, yeah. you know, yep. so then you're, so it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a trade-off. You kind of got to decide, you know, do you want to have kids? Oh, my, my brother in the middle. My brother's a
1: perfect yeah. example of that because my mom was 38 years old when she had my brother. So he's, he's 10 and a half years younger than I am. So it's like, he finally is just getting out and doing his own thing now. So, um, you know, he, he's successful doing what he's doing, but it was like, he's my, my poor parents, my mom's 60 something now she wants to just be done. And, and then she still has <laughs> to like worry about college and stuff like that with him. So I was yeah. like, peace. I'm glad she had me when she did. And, and you know, I've been on my own for a long time now, it feels like, but I, I'm happy I'm happy the way that things worked out in my life as far as my family life goes, because, you know, uh, I've been married to my wife for 15 years now. We've been together for 20 and wow. Uh, wow. we have, a, you know, we have a beautiful family and, you know, we, we we are happy with where we are in our life right now. So it's, it's really cool.
0: That is. That's, that's awesome. Um, so what what do you think is your favorite gaming achievement or, or feat that you have done? like in in your kind of career and just whether it was playing Mario when you're 10 or, you know, something with this streaming thing, what what did you find to be the most rewarding or memorable, like, you know, feat that you've done?
1: Um, I've been doing a lot of more challenging stuff in destiny lately. Um, I have beat the final boss of the vow of the disciple raid, uh, in a fire team of three. So we, we three manned Rolk. um, we have, uh, and and it's it's partly due to the the group of people I play with. I I play with a group of guys who are, who are in a in-game clan called Zenith, and they're very focused on. There there are a lot of the streamers who will do like trials carries, but they also have like a good group of PVE guys who do a lot of GM help, raid help, things like that, and uh, they inspired me to want to do more like low man raiding content. So. I'm getting ready to do the entire King's Fall raid in a fire team of three. And they also inspired me to do a solo flawless of the Grasp of Avarice dungeon. So within the first week of that being out, I set on the path of uh, solo flawlessing that dungeon. And when I was ready, when I felt like I was ready to do it, I fired up the stream one day and I was like, it's time for solo flawless. So we went and we did it. I think I had one... One mistake jumping, which ended up killing me in the jumping puzzle part. So I started it over, and within, I'd say, about an hour and a half, I had the solo flawless done. And wow. so I've really been trying to push myself to do challenging stuff like that in the game. And I think that's probably one of my biggest, as far as like gaming stuff goes, achievements for myself is really pushing my limits to see how, how good I actually am at the game.
2: And to piggyback off that, what do you think is maybe your most the most difficult game or encounter or experience you've had um in your life in gaming? Like is there one moment where you're like oh, I'll never play that game again because it was so so dang hard or
1: or no, some it, kind of raid or something. And I, and I can piggyback right off of the previous the, the Grasp <laughs> of Avarice I felt like was one of the it may be one of the easier ones to do solo flawless. I tried doing the duality dungeon, solo flawless for the longest time. And there's just so many bugs in that dungeon. Hmm. And I don't know if they fixed them. But I've soloed it. I just haven't been able to solo Flawless because um, so many th- stupid things happen. It would make me so angry. Like yeah. the way the bell mechanics worked. You you could die to a bell. And I was like, you you got to be kidding me. This is not even something <laughs> I can control.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's infuriating.
1: So, I mean, that's got to be the most frustrating thing with the game is dealing with the bugs and making it so i yeah. I, I just gave up on doing the duality solo flawless just because of that perp, that thing alone i said i'm never going to do this one flawless this that's just the end of it
0: yeah and i've i've done it a couple of times and i know you'll just get stuck and you're like well i can't get back like you, know, you need the bell to get back and i'm like <laughs> right. i like i'll you know i'll die and i'm like well this sucks you know and that's and that's not solo flawless you know that's just you know, with a team or something, and I mm-hmm. can't imagine how how frustrating it is when you're, you know, trying to go flawless like that.
1: Yeah. Well, um, to, to piggyback off of that, one of my so I started doing TikTok, and I'll and what I'll do is I'll I'll take like clips from Twitch where people clip something that they think is funny, and I'll turn it into like a, a TikTok formatted video, and I'll upload it. Mm-hmm. And one of the most popular ones I've had has been. One of the funniest things that happened to me during a solo flawless of the duality dungeon, when I went to go shoot the bell and uh, I think his name is Galron or I think it's Galron, the guy that you're fighting in that, that bell encounter, the first big boss fight. And he was up in a spot where he isn't normally. So I circumvented him, went to go shoot the bell and he came and hit me as the bell was closing. Well, I don't think Bungie ever accounted for that type of scenario in their code, so he shot me flying off the map as the bell was closing, and my <laughs> game just crashed the desktop.
2: <laughs> and my
1: my reaction was just like, uh, okay, I don't, I don't know what just happened there. And so right. we fired it back up, and we're back at it. But it was just right. like you know, it's just stupid things like that happen in the game.
2: So when it comes to like gaming, do you prefer encounters that you can kind of like bang your head against, and just kind of Something do you prefer harder encounters that you can just do over and over until you get it? Or do you, do you kind of prefer to, I guess a more lighter experience? Like what, what, what's your, your go to, sorry, I'm trying to think of the right, right words. You, you know what I mean?
1: I think I know what you mean. And I, I do prefer the uh, more challenging stuff where I can sit yeah. there and I can try to figure out how to do something like the idea of uh, three man in King's fall, for example, we, right. You wouldn't, approach the encounter of the totems the way you would normally with a fire team of six, you know, you have one side that's just rotating between two people while one person knows the exact timing, uh, how long you can stand out on a totem before you need to come in and heal yourself quickly and then get back out on the totem before the annihilation totem kills you and your fire team. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn how to approach a encounter differently. In order to do some of this content like yeah. that's designed for six with a smaller fire team so okay. i I do like doing that stuff like the Rolk fight for example, when we did the the three man it was just like you really have to be on point with how you're doing stuff and your damage and making sure you're maximizing your damage against the boss so you can kill him in all your phase in the phases that you have before he wipes your fire team
0: yeah it's just tons of
2: talking and teamwork and cooperation to like yeah, line on that. That exactly yeah because definitely i think i fall in the, in the camp that i just kind of like a more of a casual experience like a like a normal normal difficulty raid that's like fun for me like you finish it and it's like cool we did it yeah but like exactly banging my head against the you know the hard versions for a whole day just doesn't always seem fun but that's like <laughs> a different type of person will like would like that yeah which i think is where you are it's pretty you know it's just a different approach i guess it's cool
1: and and I've evolved into that where I used to just like to raid to raid. Now I like to yeah. try to push myself.
0: Nice. What I've been I've been playing um the new Call of Duty a lot. I've been playing um the Warzone that the DMZ mode. DMZ
1: is fun. Yeah,
0: dude, it's so much fun. We're we're gonna have to hook up and play. And, yeah, for uh, sure. And I've been having so much fun with that. And it's it's a you know you can team up in groups of three. And I, do you know how many people total go? Is it? It's like twenty something. I don't think it's that no. Many. I think
1: there's fifty people or sixty people, okay. meaning there's like twenty teams of three or Maybe. something okay, like I think that. That's what it is. Yeah. Can you explain yeah. the
2: mechanics? I've heard of it. I'm not sure what what it is. Uh, so it's, it's almost
1: like Escape from Tarkov or um, Cycle the Frontier. Have you seen those? There, no, forget what no. they call those kind of games, but. Essentially, you pick a loadout if you have the ability to. Uh, You bring a gun with with you. You can pick some of your basic stuff. And then you just drop into a section of the map. And it's like, okay, now go pick up a contract. Uh, Like, you can do a bounty. You can do open some safes. Or you can do, like, an intel thing. Hmm. And it gives you money. And money allows you to buy weapons, gear. You can pick up guns. Which, like, there's this one, if you go into a radioactive zone and a... uh, the chemist will spawn, and he drops a gun if you kill him that you can extract with, and then it unlocks that weapon blueprint, so you have it it's uh it's kind of like you go in, do some tasks, and try to escape and when you when you leave through one of the like three or four designated evac spots, you get experience, you get guns unlocked you you can complete um they're not bounties, but they 're like a quest, almost like in destiny. Where mm-hmm. it'll be like go in and do this. If you extract with these items, then it gives you it completes this, and you can get uh, emblems, you can get uh, blueprints for guns, you can get skins, and then you level up those different factions, and it allows you to do more and more stuff as you're in there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know it's it's really cool.
0: And you have to you have to exfil. You have to leave the map. If you don't leave, like yep. you lose everything. Are you also yep, exciting
1: exactly. other players while you're doing this? It yeah, is. There's okay. AI and other players, yeah. It's, yeah, cool, so really it's cool.
0: mostly AI, but there are, like we said, you know, you load in with a handful of people into the match. What I think, and Nick, tell me if you think this is accurate at all, but to me it feels like almost like GTA online a little bit. It's kinda of what it but seems But like, like but yeah. less sweaty. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the well, I guess that's not true, but less than yeah, uh, kind of trolley. Yeah, there, yeah, there's definitely not as many trolls. Like okay. there's been yeah, I would say the majority of my matches I don't run into real players. It's mostly just oh, AI. Wow.
1: I think I think you've you've gotten lucky because every time I go in, I feel like I come across <laughs> a team of people and just you know I'll be like yeah I'm so excited I can't wait to walk out of here with all this stuff I got and then like I get killed by some guy sniping from the top of a building.
2: Um,
0: I, I think it's get well, and it might be the time of day I play too. I think maybe because I, I you know I typically don't play on like prime time. You know I'm lucky oh, enough to go, okay. like play at work or something, so I'm playing at like eleven in the morning, which is. Yeah, all, you know, all
1: the so, all the kids are at school, so you're right, you're right, missing right. out.
0: So, but yeah, it kind of it kind of has like that that GTA feel where you everybody's playing in like a big giant map, and you mm-hmm. can go do individual quests. And then there's you know NPCs around, like there's soldiers everywhere, just like there's cops mm-hmm. in GTA. Um, and so you collect, you finish your missions, you collect whatever loot you want to collect, and then you have to exfil on a chopper. But if you don't, then you just lose everything. Why yep. wouldn't
2: like what would he keep you from from, well,
0: you, you've you got to get to one. So you have to get to one.
1: So there's only a few points on the map. And, and avoid move. people shooting you who are also trying to exfil.
2: Right. right. So if you die, then you're, you just lose, I guess, and you're yes. out. Yep. Yeah. And there's don't, certain don't things respond. that,
1: like, make you a target on the map, too. So, like, if you do a certain thing, you can pick up a weapon briefcase. And if somebody picks up a weapon briefcase, everybody on the map knows where that person is. Uh, okay. So, like, people will come and try to They'll see, like, okay, this person just picked up a weapon briefcase. And they are... You know, so close to this Xville spot, and they'll go cut you off, kill you, and take your gun and Xville on your helicopter you just called in.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it can get pretty savage. Pretty yeah, hard. and there's like a uh, kind of like Fortnite. There's like a radiation zone that expands, and okay. so eventually the map, the timer just runs out because the whole oh, okay. thing gets enveloped in this radiation, and it, yep, it gets down to like one Xville, doesn't it? I it does. The, point, there's
1: as the as the radiation zone starts expanding, there's only like one spot finally that you can get to. So everybody's pushing for that one XL spot if they're not out of there. It's pretty
2: cool.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I will check it out. I like that much better than like the battle royale because you know you always start with usually a pretty decent weapon, and it's not you're not just the whole time searching for gear and weapons and stuff because you kind of start with decent enough stuff most of the time. Yeah. So I do like that aspect of it where you're not just hunting through. Um, like boxes the whole time
1: i think i think if you approach warzone differently you might enjoy it more what i like to do when i drop into a warzone solo is i just start picking up bounties where like go kill this person and i'll i'll just go hunt people down and it makes it more interesting feeling like you're you're the predator and you're going after people that that makes it interesting and there's other things you can do to like get money and you can buy your loadout. And I think one of the things I like that they've done in this version of Warzone versus the previous is if you have a custom loadout created or so, you you know, you have like 10 slots, you can create a custom loadout. If you just have like $5,000, you can go up to a buy station and you can buy your primary weapon from any of your loadouts. So if you know, you like one assault rifle that you want to try to have early on and you can get $5,000 pretty quickly, you can just go buy it.
0: Yeah. That's really nice. That's a, just a a good uh, quality of life improvement to be able to just you know buy a gun that you've customized and created and really enjoy.
1: Yeah, so, exactly. That
0: really makes a, a big difference. You know, to when you guys were speaking about um, you know playing like hard mode content and stuff like that, what one of the things I like to do is go into DMC mode and do it solo, and then not have it fill my team, so I'm just like the only person out there like helping me,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: just try to be. Like complete whatever missions I'm gonna complete. So just trying to kind of be stealthy and, and move from encounter to encounter because you just never know if you're gonna see if it's gonna be a PvP encounter, if it's gonna be just AI or both sometimes. So
1: And it, and that's that's I, I did try to do that a couple of times and it just didn't work for me because I I would come across a team of three and just be unlucky, you know? Yeah. I, I tried to get in I was talking about the chemist that you can come across in the yep. in the radiation zone. I went in after that gun that he dropped solo a couple of times, and it was like I had the gun in my possession, and somebody came in with his team and ran me over with a car. I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm just so close to getting out of here with this gun, so I can go play with it in regular multiplayer. I just can't get out of the the war the DMZ with it. So it was it's like, you know, it just felt like if I had a couple extra people, it'd make it that much easier to do.
0: Yeah, that that game mode does. Since you have to exfil, it adds this level of like palm sweat. Like, yeah, You'll you'll get exactly. you'll get a bounty done, or you'll get some kind of weapon that you want to exfil with, and you're like, okay, what exfil is close, but which one's safe? Can uh-huh. we get there? Let's make sure we don't have any teams. We gotta have a car. We gotta, you know, and so it's. Yep it's not just a regular pvp match where you you know you're just fighting and responding and fighting responding like there's some strategy and some kind of i i I really enjoy that aspect of it. well have
1: you tried like escape from tarkov or i have not um, Mm -mm. there's there's another one that was free on steam called cycle the frontier and it was another one that's similar to that but it's more like you uh you drop in on this planet and you have to uh go collect stuff from these and these the various wildlife that's trying to kill you or collect stuff from different areas like Swamp Zone has these certain things you collect and then you have to go find an evac spot and get out of there while also having to deal with other people who may or may not be able to talk to you with proximity chat who just like open fire on you as soon as they see you <laughs> or you know we're trolling with like chucking grenades at you as soon as they see you it's just these kind of games seem to be picking up where I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of them but I think DM the the DMZ in in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is just doing it really well where people can feel like they can just jump into it and, mm-hmm. and have fun doing it.
0: Yeah, and the, and the fact that you know the war zone and this DMZ mode are, are just free. Like I, I was talking to I forget what I was talking to the other day, but I was like I don't know how they're monetizing this because you look at a game like Fortnite that's free and they've all the skins and their you know skins and emotes and all the other stuff mm-hmm. they have and it's fairly cheap you know, right. And the battle passes and stuff like that. Yep. But the stuff I've seen in call of duty, it's like $20 for, you know, like a pack that has like a couple of weapon skins and a, and a character. It's know? not, it's like, not man.
1: necessarily skins. Like if you, if you look at the weapons that you get for buying, which I, I just purchased one of them because it's the only way right now in the game to get a scope on a sniper rifle that has this, but it has a rangefinder, which apparently makes it like almost like you're cheating. You have a, it'll tell you exactly where to put the dot almost so you can hit the person that you're aiming at oh. so far away. And so it's like the only way to get the thing in the game right now, and I bought it just because I wanted to play with that sniper rifle and that scope. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a way to do it. It's it's almost pay to win mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was going to say, it kind of mm-hmm. sounds like pay to win. Well, yeah, and like even so all those packs um, – because I think the weapons in them, like you're saying, they come with either special attachments, attachments or tuning, or something that they specific have pro. That, all of them have pack. pro tuning, but it's it's not just like a blanket skin either. It's it's applied to just that weapon. You know yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah, which so to me it's like it's kind of crazy. It's like, man, like you know, Fortnite. I can buy whatever skin and I can apply it to any weapon, right, from my handgun to my rocket launcher.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So
0: it's interesting that that. You know they're not necessarily going that route or yet, anyway.
1: I mean, I think I think they're doing pretty they're doing pretty well the way that they're doing it. And so they have Activision just they're, buy they're not hurting for money. They're no. doing okay, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, well, we are going to wrap it up, but I uh, I'm going to ask you uh, Remy's Remy's going off signing off question. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure? So a TV show, movie, game, a book. What's something uh, like a guilty pleasure that you have?
1: Um, that's a tough one. I mean, honestly, aside from gaming, the stuff that I like to do is my wife and I have a couple of shows that we like to watch. Uh, occasionally I'll find a book that I just can't put down, mobile games that I would like to play. Like when I get a minute, pull up my phone and play a game quick or something. I don't, I don't really have anything that I would say. I really You're not just, like a
0: secret Taylor Swift fan trying to get tickets <laughs> or anything like that.
1: <laughs> no. I mean I, I do have quite the bourbon collection. I guess if I have a guilty pleasure, it's I, I like to I like to indulge in some good bourbon once in a go. while and you know, spend a little more money than I probably should on it. But yeah. It's uh
0: what's your uh, what's your favorite right now?
1: Oh man. I usually have Buffalo Trace in the house. That's probably one of my favorites. Uh but lately I cannot have enough of this elijah craig bottle in the house it's uh costco here sells it at the liquor store that they have it's like 40 bucks for a 1.75 of this elijah craig and it's just it's a really good price for the bourbon it's one of my favorites nice
0: cool man well we really appreciate you taking your time and thanks um, for having me definitely yeah, we will definitely point everybody to your stream. And I know I always every time I see you on, I was like, I want to send an invite. And I'm like, oh man, I feel like I don't want to like pop up on a stream or like, right, you yeah. know, bother you. I feel I hey, feel like I'm bothering you while you're no, while you're no, no. You, you I know. mean,
1: honestly, uh, and I don't want to get back into you know, we're trying to close it out. But you know, if you if you ever see me on and you want to hit me up to play, I mean, that's that's kind of how Thor got so involved with playing with me as much as he does. Is he saw me on, he started sending me an invite, and I'm like, hey, if you want to play. Just, uh, just let me know and we'll go do something and we started playing all the time again, you know, so if you ever see me on and you want to hit up some content in Destiny, let me know. Uh, Modern Warfare, I play some Overwatch too. Um, I occasionally, I like I just saw there's a new season of Fortnite, I got to log into Fortnite and get my usual seasonal win that I get just for the umbrella, <laughs> but uh, if you want to play some games, just let me know. I'm on cool. just about every every night that I can get on.
0: All right, buddy. Well, we will see you later. Yes, yeah, thank you.
1: Have a good night. See
2: ya. You too.